Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Six PM. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-with-amex. Terms apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury: the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's have a show as we've got four playoff baseball games coming up again today. First pitch in about seven and a half minutes down at the Trop. We'll get to that in just a bit. It's a busy day as we welcome you in. I'm Patrick Maher, of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. Just a couple of things. We're about to go on a stretch now of 50 straight days with football. Okay, so you should know Jacksonville State, Middle Tennessee State coming up tonight. Remember an underplay from Adam Burke yesterday. FIU, New Mexico State got a write-up over at VEASAN.com. What else do you need to know as we kind of set the table today for the three hours? Preseason hockey tonight. However, you've got the regular season kicking off next Tuesday, October 10th. Remember, NHL Guide dropped last week. You can go pick that up. The NBA preseason starts tomorrow. What do you get? You get the NBA preseason guide, and not necessarily just the preseason guide, but the betting guide for the whole entire season. NBA drops tomorrow here, vsan.com. Remember, regular season for the association, Tuesday, October 24th. What else is going on? You've got champions. I know Amal Shaw probably involved Champions League qualifiers going. You've got the championship in England. You've got a full slate of MLS. You've got Thursday night football with week five kicking off tomorrow. It's the time of year, boys. What's up? Not What's much, going on? Not much. It's a full plate. It's absolutely fantastic. You mentioned. How about we, that? How about that, Amal? <laughs> I it love just it. took me like 20 minutes. And the soccer, I could have kept going about the soccer, but that's not bad, that little menu we've got in front of us, no? Oh, it's fantastic. I was actually thinking about that yesterday. I said, I wish we'd talk more soccer, but then Swedelson would probably pull our mics, so that's why we don't. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the reality of it is it's great, right? we got Champions League going on. You mentioned English Championship League as well, but more importantly, baseball playoffs. We talked about the unders yesterday first two games cash easily that's why the in play is such an advantage sometimes guys uh, diamondbacks could have gotten as high as 11 and a half on that total if you wanted to go with an under could have middled the game all the way around yesterday great opportunities in that one milwaukee's pitching staff struggled a little bit but should be a ton of fun to get into these games today yep you said it unders three and one on the four yesterday sharp money gave out two unders four nothing as far as the rangers over the rays in game one and then we also gave out the under uh, 3-1 winner for the Twinkies at home there in Minnesota. They snapped, what was it, a 17-18 game losing streak in the postseason. Uh, the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson, he is present for today's show. Boys, let's do this as we say hi to you, Dustin. Anything you want to get on the map as we say hello, and then let's hurry up and get into a cap as you've got Avaldi who doesn't look right against Athlin. A win and stay home for Tampa if they end up losing that one. What's up, big guy? Yeah, so I'm going to be on the team total over for the Rays in this one. I don't think Nathan Avaldi's healthy. He has not looked right since they rushed him back from the injured list late in the season. Finished the season really ugly, a 9-3-0 ERA in September. Uh, this team doesn't have a good bullpen, and it's, uh, as you mentioned, lose and the season's over for Tampa Bay. 
I think the bats come alive. They get some runs. And also the Rangers don't have a good bullpen. They have one of the worst bullpens in this postseason right now. So there's opportunities later in the game to add more runs on. Going over four and a half runs for Tampa Bay. I know the unders were hot yesterday, but it's game two. It's not always the best pitchers going today. And I don't think Nate Evaldi is right. Yeah, big guy, I'm right there with you. And sorry, Amal, just quickly. He came back from that forearm injury early September. He came back early, boys. Uh, Last time out against the Mariners, he allowed seven runs. And and again, a a lot of it has to do with the Grom. It has to do with Scherzer and also Gray with the injuries. So I think they brought Evaldi back early. Eflin, who's been great at the trop, I think they've got a big pitching advantage, far superior, more comfortable at home, better bullpen. I do like the $1.43 on Eflin in the Rays, and I think you'd go first five as well, Amal. Yeah, I would agree with you guys there on this Tampa spot. Good spot for them. This has been a team that's really been dominant at home, struggled yesterday, but more importantly, Evaldi, 20 uh, in a third innings pitch, 21 earned runs during that stretch since coming back off the shelf, guys. He has really struggled. I just want to go back to Dustin's play on the over four and a half. If you like that play, I would definitely look at the raise on the price or the run line because the one thing that does concern me a little bit, guys, I don't think Evaldi's going to have much rope here. Remember, even though the Rangers won game one, you still got to win one out of two, and you don't want to put yourself in a situation where it's all in tomorrow. So just be cautious on that a little bit. I think Tampa does bounce back offensively in a big way. Any pitcher, though, really struggling outside of Corbin Burns and for some reason Tyler Glass now pitching into the sixth yesterday, which is inexplicable to me. I would expect most guys to be on a short leash. How about Montgomery yesterday? Oh. Uh, seven brilliant innings there at the chop. That guy just out of nowhere, trade deadline for the Rangers. They needed him, they got him, and he delivered yesterday in a huge spot. Now, the question will be, I'm guessing we're going to have more than 19,704 fans at the Trop today. I would hope so. (laughs) It's almost at this point, it's piling on to blame those down in St. Pete for not going. But that was the lowest attendance as far as a postseason game in Major League Baseball since 1919. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, come on, boys. Since 1919. So 19,704. Yeah, the look on your face says it all. Oh, hold on, hold on. In, in yeah. fairness to the people of St. Pete and Tampa, it is still a playoff baseball game in the middle of the work day on a Tuesday. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You, you got to leave work at, what, like noon to get there? Like, come on. Let's just be real here. Most people that are working in a cubicle out of eight hours in a day, probably about three hours are productive. <laughs> they could have left two hours early. It would have been fine. It, it, it's just fascinating because it's, been, it's a team now that's been good for a really long time. <laughs> like, when, when we were going up, they were the devil race. They weren't yeah. very good. <laughs> they, but now this has been a team that's been consistent uh, the front office with their analytics and just the way they develop players has been, including Eflin, just a, a great a great example, Dustin, well, there with Eflin today. Well, he's shout out to Paul Sorrento. That's the first Tampa Bay Devil Ray I think of. Uh, <laughs> Wade Boggs, maybe. A little Wade Boggs for you. I ben. think it's Jeff Conine. Am I wrong? No, that's yeah, Marlins. Marlins. Uh, yeah, ben, yeah, ben, ben, yeah, Gre- yeah. ben Grieve. Ben Grieve is yeah. a Paul. Ben oh, Grieve won Rookie one. of the Year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, so your point about Zeflin. Or Zeflin. I made it one. I made it, it makes one sense. Name. It makes um, sense. That's he, a nickname. He has a very it low walk rate. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> very low walk rate. He has a good ground ball rate. Good chase rate. And, you know, he got off to that hard, hot start. 3.25 ERA in the first half. He wasn't terrible in the second half either. 3.82 in the second half. He set a career high this year. Innings pitched, ERA, FIP, walks per nine, and war. I mean, this guy was a perfect example of what the Tampa Bay Rays do. They go get a guy who's probably a middle-to-back-end guy for the Phillies, and they turn him into a front-line guy. Yeah, he's been tremendous. And the second game up, do you guys want to just touch on it quickly here? Because I'm sorry, and I know you both have been high on Toronto and Berrios. Sonny Gray, this is a distinct advantage. And even if he doesn't go deep for Minnesota today, I I think they've got a clear edge, middle relief, Back end as well with Durant. Like, this is, to me, I'm sorry, yesterday was the day with Gosman on the bump of all that Toronto needed to rip. I, I think this is Minnesota's game to take today with Gray, a big-time advantage on the bump. And we give so much credit to Philly and the fans. Dustin and I were talking earlier today 
How about the Twinkies and the fans showing up there at Target, whatever they call it, Target Park? That place was lit yesterday. It was awesome. Well, listen, it doesn't surprise me. you got great fans up there uh, in the land of 10,000 lakes. But more importantly, to your point, Patrick, Sonny Gray, what a huge advantage here. You see it reflected in the price. And you mentioned it. They missed their opportunity with Gosman, Dustin. I thought that was one you have to seize if you're the Toronto Blue Jays. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunities during the game as well. Uh, it was Royce Lewis. Who had Royce Lewis beating the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday single-handedly two homers, three runs driven in? Uh, if you are Toronto, and generally, obviously, you want to score first in any sport, but I feel like today it is much more important for the Blue Jays to be the team that gets across first before the Twins do, or this thing could be over. Big guy? The uh, Toronto Blue Jays are a mentally soft team. Ju they just don't have it, and they might be stupid. I hate to throw that word around, but they're kind of dumb. I'm done backing them. I have a lot of future liability on them. I am going and hedging that with uh, a minus 148 on the Twins. By the way, the market's going against us there. The market has moved that down since I bet it last night at 148 to about 140, 142. So I just think Minnesota's in a spot here. One, they know Barrios. Barrios was with them for a while. There's a reason why they didn't give him a long-term deal. They know he's not the guy that he's actually been this year. He's been a fairly decent pitcher so far this season for Toronto, but overall he used to be a guy that was terrible on the road, and that's where I think Sonny Gray has a massive advantage. He's going to finish in the top two or three in the Cy Young voting at the end of the year. Sonny Gray in 10 of his last 13 starts has given up two runs or less. Also better during the day than at night. That's a weird thing for the playoffs, but some guys just are. A 1-8-0 ERA during the day, 2-6-7 at night. Face Toronto, uh, one start versus them this year, five innings, one earned, five Ks. I mean, he is a stud frontline guy. This is what he's supposed to do. Put this team away. And I, I think if Toronto gets down early, it's over. I don't, I don't know if they have the fight. But I'll just piggyback off of what Amal said. I'll just stretch it out and extrapolate Gray. Final seven regular season starts, seven earned runs over 41 innings. The ground ball rate is exceptional. I'm sorry, he's got a big edge. Listen, if we can find that $1.28 we're showing on the map right now, that's a bit of a stale number. I will take the $1.28. It's up to $1.48. Uh, but we see the total also at 7.5. I, I, I hate to be on both favorites. We were on two unders yesterday, boys. Uh, but I do like Eflin, and I do like the Twins. Uh, listen, I agree with you on the Twinkies here. And t t Tampa's in a great spot. There's certain places you'll make a bet, like the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. It doesn't necessarily mean it'll win, but it's the right or prudent play, and I feel like it's the right one currently with the Tampa Bay Rays. Twins, not the same spot, but I still think the pitching advantage might be the best of the day when you look at all the pitching matchups throughout baseball in the games today. By the way, real quick, boy, you talk about the Rays missing Kevin Kiermeyer in center field. Manuel Margot getting the start today. Already misplays a ball in center field. Ball hit over his head. He didn't even know where he was until he hit the warning track, kind of got spun around. Seager's on second base right now. They do have two outs, and they should potentially be able to work out of it. But, man, the defense is letting Tampa down so far in this series. It seems like that was an issue yesterday that yeah. you called out as it well, was. no? Oh, Jose Siri, the crucial error uh, allows uh, Marcus Simeon to score on a play that should have maybe been a blue pit, may not have been. But the reality of it is when you make these kinds of mistakes in the postseason, mentally, it's a lot more taxing than it is during the regular season. Which is an anomaly for the Rays, who yeah. are always sound defensively. All right, boys, great start. We've got two more baseball games to check on as well. Also, we've got a trade in football. Kind of a big name on the move. It's a desperate Patriots team making a move. We'll get to that next here, Sharp Money. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app right now. Visit hofbets.com and use the code WINNER. And when you do, you get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. Okay, we got you back here. Sharp Money, Major League Baseball playoffs underway right now at the Trop. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. This, our next guest, we had him on, I guess it was a few weeks, maybe a little over a month ago, and he's a freaking superstar. We couldn't wait to get him back. Brock Vereen, Big Ten Network analyst, of course, CBS Sports. That other pregame show where I think it was on that show, he was flexing a little bit on CBS Sports, of course, Sundays with our buddy Shine, 8 a.m. to noon. I think Brock was flexing. Did you start the season going 12-0 and with your picks? I did start 12-0. and um, A lot of people were surprised. I wasn't. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm waiting to lose. It's, it's just another day at the office, if you ask me. Brock, you should have you gone George Costanza and said, I choose not to make any more picks. <laughs> Just, Go on, on top. I love it. Sh- shut it. Shut it down. Retire. We we were had a little fun with the quarterback position, Brock, and we want to talk about what's happening in Atlanta. But let's talk about New England. So, J.C. Jackson. They traded and reacquired the cornerback. Of course, Judon goes down. The rookie Christian Gonzalez goes down. It's a desperate one and three team. And the question is, do they have the answer at quarterback? Mac is falling out of favor with the Patriot fans right now, Mr. Jones. He has, and I still don't hold any of it against him. I, I, I understand what it looks like, but at quarterback more than any other position, the second year, if you play as a rookie, which he did, is the most important year, and they ruined him. I, I mean, that that is the most important season coming off of success. I mean, it, it's it's... It's a situation where we forget at the end of his rookie season, he was far and away the best rookie quarterback of that year. So to blink, and this is what we have now last year. I mean, he even had to reach out to his old coaches at the University of Alabama to say, hey, guys, I'm not getting any coaching here. I'm losing it. What is going on? So whether he is the guy, whether Zappi's the guy, I know that they said technically Mac will be the guy going forward. We'll see if there's a rotation situation. If these if these are the final days of Mac Jones as the starting quarterback in New England, New England has no one to blame but themselves for setting him up for failure last season. 
Brock, let's expand on that a little bit. As a former player, tell me what the thought process is like when the Emperor decides to make Matt Patricia the offensive coordinator. Everybody's afraid to go at Kim Jong-un and tell him that he's wrong. So how do you assess the situation if you're a Patriot player and what's going on in that locker room? What Bill Belichick has is cash in the bank, literally, and also <laughs> figuratively in the way that he can do whatever he wants because he has so many rings and so much success to prove it. I would argue if any other coach in the NFL other than maybe Tomlin and Harbaugh and Shanahan, anyone else tried to do the stuff that New England has tried to get away with in these past two years, there'd be a lot of yelling and screaming coming from GM and ownership. Kraft gives Belichick free reign. There is no GM. Belichick is the GM. He does whatever he wants, and there's nobody there except for Kraft to call it out. And if you're Robert Kraft, you think, why would I call it out? He's done crazy things before, and it's been successful. What we're seeing now is a guy who has earned every right to have free reign over his franchise, but this is what happens when he makes decisions that don't work out. Brock Vereen, yeah, he's got success equity. He is 71 years old. You mentioned Tomlin. Tomlin's a favorite Brock of betters because, you know, whether or not, of course, you know, he's never lost, had a losing season in all his years. Pittsburgh just went to Houston and got embarrassed. He turned around. He's like, the boys are going to be practicing in pads on Wednesday this week. Like, what is it about Tomlin? I know you didn't play for him, but I'm sure you know people that know the dude. Like, what is it about Tomlin? And they've got Baltimore coming to town. Baltimore's lane four this week. Do you expect a bounce back for the Steelers? Tomlin is the man. And while I never played for him during the pre-draft process, uh, Pittsburgh was one of my visits, sat and hung with him for a day. And I, I actually grew up a, a, a Steelers fan. So once I got over that, I thought, man, it would be awesome to play for this guy. And that's... That's what he has. That's why he's been there forever. That's why he'll be there until he decides he doesn't want to coach anymore. He, he, he's a guy that every player says, I would get a beer with this guy. I would go on vacation with this guy and his family. He, he's, he's just, when, when, when times are hard, it's so easy to look at your coach and say, that guy's got my back. I have his back. We're going to figure this out. And just like the Belichick conversation, when there's a track record of Tomlin figuring it out, granted, not as many championships, but he's going to figure it out. And whether that means heads rolling on the offensive side of the football, so be it. They know that the AFC North with the Bengals in the state that they're in, the Ravens really banked up and Cleveland, incredible defense, obviously offensively need to figure some things out. The health of Deshaun is another thing. It's wide open and it was expected to be the toughest division in all of football this year up there with the AFC East. That's not the case. So Tomlin is saying it's go time. We can make the playoffs because the AFC North is in a weird place, but that only happens if we figure out Kenny Pickett and this offense immediately. Brock, a guy who did not get your great genes and looking young, Arthur Smith, has got a quarterback that's going to age him even more than he already looks. Tell us what you do if you're the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know, man. He has that uh, mustache going for him. I, I, he has this all beat right now. What I went into last week saying, okay, here's a Jacksonville defense that just got torched by C.J. Stroud. Now, granted, at the time, we didn't realize how good C.J. Stroud actually is. But the point is, you cannot go into that game and not only lose, but struggle offensively. Jacksonville's defense is not a good defense. Similar situation to the Tomlin conversation, the AFC North. The NFC South is wide open. Carolina can't block for anyone. The Saints look like a mess. Derek Carr is going to fight through this injury, which honestly might make them worse. Tampa Bay is there, but no one's entering a game versus Tampa Bay scared, right? So I, I feel they're in a situation that they should be panicking. We have dudes offensively. We have dudes defensively. It's not a schematic thing. It's not a youth versus vet thing. It's just the quarterback. That is the only position that can right the ship. Desmond Ritter, he's playing conservatively, but he's also playing conservatively and making mistakes, right? You can you, you can be hesitant to take shots as long as you don't turn the ball over, but he's turning the ball over. I don't know how much longer they can hold off Heineke, but they are doing their team a disservice when they should be primed to win the NFC South until they figure out the quarterback position, it's not going to be a possibility.
Brock Vereen, as always, killing it here, Sharp Money. Speaking of quarterbacks, look, I know Jones was bad on Monday night, but your boy Brian Dayball showing him up on national TV, like it felt to me like Dayball was using, was kind of hiding behind Daniel Jones when that roster isn't very good. The offensive line is a sieve, Brock. Like, I know Jones wasn't great in the game, obviously, but that's not all on him, the 24-3 loss to the Seahawks. I don't care if Tom Brady was playing in that game. If you given up, what was it, 11, 11 sacks, right? Yeah, yeah. It, yes. it doesn't matter who is back there. It, it it does not matter who is playing quarterback when when you're starting center, who may be your best offensive lineman right now, and he's a rookie, right? If 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 that doesn't say enough about, about the state of this offensive line, I don't know what does. Did Daniel Jones panic? Absolutely. Would you panic if your offense gave up 11 sacks? Absolutely. I, I, I don't know what you want him to do. And as far as Dable, you can get red-faced and criticize and toss the iPad at him and curse under your breath all you want. You just gave him 100-something million dollars. He ain't yes. going anywhere. So you may as well figure it out. You're absolutely right about that. When you look at this team right now, they're in a little bit of disarray. Which one of the young teams quarterbacks right now besides C.J. Stroud has really impressed you? Anthony Richardson, he's been running the ball, but has he been effective enough as a thrower for you to sit there and say, hey, I believe? What Anth Okay, so I believe in Anthony Richardson if we were playing Madden and the injury <laughs> sliders could be set to zero, right? Like, he, he is the best athlete on the field. He's, I mean, outside of defensive linemen, he's usually the biggest guy on the field. It, it's, it's just, it's not sustainable. So I guess it's kind of a backdoor way to answer your question. He has impressed me the most outside of C.J. Stroud. But at the same time, I'm asking him to immediately change the way that he's playing football. Show us that you have an arm, because as fun as it is to watch him run and lower the boom on these guys, it, it, this is not the SEC. You will continue to be hurt for the remainder of the year if you do not stay in that pocket. All right. When we come back, Brock's going to stay in the closet for one more segment for us. Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports, that other pregame show. It's a very good show. I encourage you all to check it out, CBS Sports Network. Thank you. 8 a.m. to noon on Sundays. However, we're going to row the boat, okay, <laughs> Mr. Minnesota, when we come back. Ohio State's got a big one with Maryland coming to town. And more as we continue. Sharp Money. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hey, you bring Brock Vereen on for football talk, you stay for the royal gossip. Hey, <laughs> don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code SHARP, S H A R P, when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. I mentioned Brock Vereen. Great job. Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports. That other pregame show on CBS Sports Network on Sundays, 8 a.m. to noon. Shine and the crew do a great job with that. You can find Brock on Twitter, at Brock Vereen. We're going to jump into some football, and you were going nuts about Louisville during the break, so let's discuss. And I'm going to ask a bit of a long-winded question because as betters, we always look for situations. So as a player, please help me understand the spot that Notre Dame's in. They lose a heartbreaker at home. National TV, under the lights there, South Bend. They go to Duke. They win a heartbreaker. And then, it shouldn't call it a heartbreaker. You understand what I'm saying. They win in the last yeah. seconds. Now they travel to Louisville, who's got a ton of speed, as you mentioned, and Notre Dame's laying six. Like, is it emotionally hard to keep getting up for a spot like this if you're Notre Dame? And I know you love Louisville in this spot. It is. It's it's so taxing when every single game that you play always comes down to the final moments right now, other than Ohio state, they've been on the right side of those moments, but it does weigh on you. And as the game ticks on, you kind of have that thought in the back of your head of here we go again, especially with the embarrassing way that they lose to Ohio state uh, with only having 10 guys on the field. I'm taking Louisville. And it honestly doesn't even have anything to do with how how tightly 
uh, Duke played Notre Dame. Louisville is the fastest team I've ever seen in person. I called the Indiana versus Louisville game at Lucas Oil Stadium, and on tape, you thought, okay, that, that that's a really fast team. And when you were talking to the Louisville coaches, they kept mentioning speed, speed, speed. You're like, okay, yeah, they're they're, they're pretty excited. From the very first play, like they, they are just faster than everyone else. And yes, defensively, they got some funky things going on. Sometimes they get exposed. They're not the biggest group. Notre Dame's probably going to keep the game between the, the uh, tackles. But offensively, th th there's nothing you can do for speed, right? Fast is fast. You can't prepare for it. You can't get better at it. You either have it or you don't. This is the fastest team. I have ever seen. They can strike from anywhere. Jawar Jordan and Jamari Thrash are two names that the entire country will know by Saturday night. Should so just to follow up, you think Louisville could beat Notre Dame outright, correct? I think they beat them outright, yes. Awesome. Great. Go ahead, Amal. No, love the call there. Want to go to one of the best rivalries in college football, the Red River in Dallas between Oklahoma and Texas. Once again, two teams ranked. And, Brock, this is going to be a crucial game, what appears to be going towards the college football playoff. Tell me what you like or who you like in this particular matchup. And Oklahoma hasn't been challenged the way Texas has so far, but I don't know if you've seen the Sooners and what your thoughts are on them. Oklahoma's in such a weird place because for – a, a far and wide blue blood program who has a superstar of a head coach in his second year, who has a superstar quarterback. Like, nobody knows anything about them, right? Like if you took 100 random college football fans who watch college football every single Saturday, I would say 40 of them couldn't tell you a single thing about this Oklahoma team. They play really good defense, and that was the focus of this year. Brent Venables, the longtime defensive coordinator at Clemson, championships, all that, that was the focus, right? Last year, they were just throwing stuff at a wall, seeing what stuck. They went into the portal. They won in the portal, and that defense is flying around. Now, you have to lean Texas because they are so battle-tested. Quinn Ewers is he's as advertised. I know he was off to a slow start, but him and Sarkeesian have figured something out. I'm not as blown away by their wide receivers. I, I feel Quinn Ewers makes them look great. And without him, they're really, really good. Um, that's not to say that they won't be great in this game. It's going to be a very fun one to watch. Again, I have to lean Texas just because they are more battle-tested. But this Oklahoma team is headed in the right direction. The winner of this goes to the college football playoff. It may not be Oklahoma this year, but it could be them next year. Great breakdown. We can, of course, see Brock on Big Ten Network as an analyst. So let's talk about the Big Ten. Let's talk about a school you're familiar with, Minnesota. So here comes Michigan. Just give me an idea. It doesn't feel like your boy PJ quite trusts the quarterback at this point. The offense struggling to be kind. But here comes Michigan. Michigan's laying 19 and a half at Minnesota, Brock. The PJ Fleck era of football in, in Minnesota can be defined as being conservative offensively and playing great defense. The problem is this year, really just the past three weeks, Minnesota has not played with their top 10 defense. Defensive coordinator Joe Rossi, as long as he's been there, Minnesota has a top 10 defense, foregone conclusion. So the offense can say, hey, let's get 17 points because our defense is going to get four interceptions and five sacks, right? That's not the case this year. The defense is young. They'll get back to that level next year, but you got a lot of sophomores running around still learning. So if Minnesota is going to win this game, they have to buck the P.J. Fleck trend of playing conservative because no one is going to win the time of possession game against Michigan's rush defense and Michigan's ability to run the football. You have to trust Ethan in this game. If you are going to win this game, you have to let him chuck it. They are not going to have success on the ground, especially if superstar freshman Darius Taylor uh, is not going to play, which he did not last week. Maybe it'll be different this week, but he still won't be 100% if he does. By the way, Mo, Mo Ibrahim, where did you go? Boy, they need him. Um, oh. <laughs> People forgot how great he was there. I was like, oh, this guy was such a big loss for them. Let's go to an intriguing matchup here on Saturday in Columbus between the Terrapins and the Buckeyes. Maryland has generally played Ohio State pretty tough with Mike Loxley at the helm. This offense is pretty spectacular in terms of what they can do with two, uh, Talia at quarterback. Uh, they're laying, tw uh, excuse me, they're getting 20 on the road. 
is this Buckeyes team defensively elite the way they've shown so far in the first four weeks that they've played? And can they slow down this Maryland team enough to be able to win by this margin? Ohio State's defense is as good as advertised, but I feel the few, very, very, very few weaknesses that they have are things that Maryland can expose. Ohio State plays with five safeties on the field, and they trust their two inside linebackers to really handle everything. Uh, Maryland's running back in Roman Hemby, he can catch out of the backfield, and they also have who I feel, not, not the best tight end in the Big Ten, but the best receiving tight end in the Big Ten, and Corey Deitches. Those two will be the key to winning the game. I understand Tolia is a gunslinger, and he wants to chuck it, and he's accurate, and he's athletic, and he has a big arm, et cetera, et cetera. You beat this team by using your tight end and running back who will be matched up with those two linebackers if you play your cards right, if you throw the right formations out there, if you motion guys to the right place, you can get those linebackers in coverage. I don't see a situation where any Maryland wide receiver has an advantage over the Ohio State DBs. These guys are experienced. They're good. You have to exploit the linebackers in coverage, which is what Notre Dame did a decent job of in the second half when they started moving the ball. They just, you know, had 10 guys on the field at the end of the game. So that's what I would look for. Maryland may not be the high-flying chuck the ball 50 yards every play team this Saturday. But if they can scale it back a little bit and be patient, there's some matchups over the middle that, that they can exploit. Do you have Penn State in the Ohio State-Michigan conversation, Brock? I have them above both of them right now. I will say this, though. The margin between Penn State and Michigan and Ohio State, who we'll say are tied. For, nah, I'll have Michigan to Ohio State three, just barely. I had it at a much larger gap going into last week. I wasn't very concerned with the lack of explosive plays on Penn State's offense. After that game against Northwestern, I'm officially very concerned. And if they're camp, well, they're they're on a bye, and then they have UMass, so th th there's really no, no 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 more tests for them before they get thrown back into the fire. Um, I'm concerned. If Ohio State can show some explosivity on offense, if Kyle McCord can show, then maybe I'll throw them up there. But to answer your question, technically, I still have Penn State at number one in the Big Ten. Hey, Patrick, wow. I guess I, I guess it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Are you saying Brock's drinking here? He's saying, he's hey, saying he's I'm just saying, I don't uh, have Penn State I, above one, those two teams. I have one name for you. Abdul Carter. Yeah. He was oh. number 11, and if you know anything about Penn State defense, he's a dude. doesn't just hand out to anybody. And I will say this, and call me as crazy as you want, he has the ability to be better than the last guy who wore number 11, who was tearing it up for the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean that with every wow. single syllable. I'll just wow. say this. The guys that have wore 11 at Penn State, you mentioned Micah Parsons, LeVar Arrington. Yep. These are two absolute dudes. The LeVar Leap is still one of the greatest plays I've ever seen. Uh, we're going to have you back on to talk about that one at a oh, later yeah. date. I, Brock Marine, I let me be your agent. I'll only take 8% <laughs> your future deals. I'm going to be your agent, bro. Big Ten Network analyst, CBS Sports, that other pregame show. You can find everything Brock on Twitter, at Brock Vereen. Thanks, Brock. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate you. Anytime, guys. Thanks. Man, he is super, super talented. Another talented gentleman when we return, the mayor, Mike Palm, VP of Operations, Circa, the D, Golden Gate, joins us. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on! 
6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, as we welcome you back on a Wednesday, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. We do have, of course, Wednesdays, we always are thrilled to welcome in professional handicapper, 30 plus years there in Vegas, one of the good guys, Scott Spritzer, Doc Sports, DOCSports.com. Of course, Scott wins on Twitter. Uh, quickly, the Rangers are up 7 nothing. I was way off on Eflin, way off on the Rays. No bite today, so 7 nothing. bottom 7. The Rangers up on the Rays. Uh, end of 1, Blue Jays-Twins, nothing, nothing there in Minnesota. Of course, the Blue Jays lose, they go home. The Rays lose, they stay home. Wanted to let you guys know quickly as we open up the segment here with Scott Spreicher. They've got a really cool thing going on over at Doc Sports on Thursdays and Fridays. It's us against the spread.docsports.com. So here's the deal. It's $19.99 per month, and they're going to discuss up, upwards of 100 games. So Thursdays and Fridays, up against the spread. Go to Doc Sports for more information. If Scott Spreitzer's involved, trust me, it's going to be worth the price. As we say hi to Scott, I was off, I was off on Athlon. I know you have a handicapping tool for Major League Baseball in the postseason. Um, I was off on the Rays, man. I'm just kind of bummed out about that. And we do have uh, the Blue Jays and Twins. Any thoughts on those two series before we get into your handicapping tool here? Yeah, I I, I do think you know not backing Sonny Gray is tough to do. So I back Sonny Gray, and I can tell you why in a bit. Besides the obvious reasons. Um, in the first five innings today. And then as far as the D-backs and Brewers, I, I like Zach Allen in this one. Again, first five innings, I think they can get the job done. Uh, the good news in Tampa is that only like 15,000 people have seen their team lose two straight games. So I guess that would be the good news. My gosh, they're not supporting this team at all. Um, I heard Dustin earlier when I was driving in, I was listening to the show, and I, I believe it was Dustin that brought it up that, you know, this just isn't the same Tampa Bay team, unfortunately, for that organization that we saw early on in the season. You look at all the pitching injuries. You look at one of their top players getting in trouble legally uh, with some alleged situations going on. And and uh, it's just a team that, you know, probably would have lost four out of five games to the team that opened the season when you talk about Tampa Bay. And, and, and you know, you got the Bruce Bochy effect too. The guy knows how to win world yeah. championships. He's done it more than once. And uh, so, yeah, I, it's a tough spot for Tampa. I thought they would at least win one game out of two. Uh, but again, as far as any of the other action that I like, it's uh, the Twins and the D-backs, both of the first five innings. Okay, boys. Um, you have, i just getting some notes here. You have a handicapping tool for uh, the baseball playoffs that combines home runs with pitchers who have low home run rates. Can we get into the tool here? Yeah, first of all, this was great yesterday. I, I, was, I forget what game I was watching, and uh, it might have been the – I don't know, maybe it was a Phillies game. It was No, it wasn't. It was before the Phillies game. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is they threw up a graphic during the game on the network broadcast talking about a team's record in the playoffs when they hit more home runs in a game than their opponent. Now, it sounds like an obvious winner. It is. After yesterday, it's 130 wins and 23 losses in the postseason going back to 2018. Wow. And so what I kind of knowing that already and a couple of the guys that I – that I talk about these games with every single day, uh, what we did going into the postseason was look and see if there were any major home run differentials between the teams that are playing each other in these series. And I, I got it on my phone here so I could make sure 
that I recalled it correctly. For instance, Philadelphia goes into last night's game with 220 home runs, Miami 166. That's an obvious big difference. And you had Wheeler on the mound with a .104 home run ratio. And you had Lusardo who had a .128 home run ratio towards innings pitched, home runs towards innings pitched. So you got an obvious advantage there with Wheeler over Lasardo, and, of course, the Phillies in that game over Miami. They got the job done. It went 2-0 yesterday. Um, the other one was the um, Minnesota Twins over the Blue Jays, 233 homers to 188. And uh, you had to kind of give a little bit of a, I guess, an arbitrary decision to bet this because Lopez did have a 123 home runs to innings pitched ratio. But, again, you had a – Plus, 50, uh, plus 45 home run situation when it came to the Twins over the Jays. Interestingly enough, the two dogs that won yesterday, I mean, they're basically, I mean, virtually even with the favorite when it comes to home runs hit on the season. Now, this is pretty alarming, and we'll see if it comes to fruition. And I mentioned I played the Twins' first five innings today. They not only have now a plus 47 home run differential over the Blue Jays on the season, but Sonny Gray has a .043 home runs per innings pitch ratio, Barrios 131, .131. Big advantage on the mound in that situation. If it backs it up with the way these teams hit the long ball, then it should be a hopefully a Twins win at least in the first five innings. But that record is 130-23 and 23 going into today after going 2-0 yesterday. Wow, that's a big number. Do you guys, <laughs> are, are you guys getting involved with the two coming up? Diamondbacks, Brewers, big guy. And I'm all, and of course, Scott Spritzer, Marlins, Phillies. I'll give you the numbers right now as you take a look, and maybe we can apply the tool that you just mentioned, Scott. Uh, right now in the market, you've got Gallon, Peralta. Peralta's laying a dollar thirty for the Brewers. Of course, Garrett at Nola. Nola's laying a dollar forty-five. The three of you on either of these two? I took the Arizona Diamondbacks in this one. I thought the price on Gallon at plus 118 against Peralta, good spot here. The Arizona offense has been more efficient. And by the way, Corbin Burns is allegedly an ace. No, he's not. I'm <laughs> sorry. You're not getting work like that in your home ballpark in a crucial game if you're an ace. I am okay. on the under in this one. Freddie Peralta is a stud. Zach Gallon actually was good, good on the road against Milwaukee earlier this year. He's been good against the Brewers. I think he's going to limit them. We saw a lot of run scoring last night. I think we're going to get the opposite tonight in what is a ace versus ace matchup. So I went under seven and a half. Yeah, and, right and there with me, you, under seven and a half. I, I, like, ahead, the, I like the D-backs, like I mentioned, in the first five innings. Check this out. I got two numbers I want to throw at you guys here. Uh, yesterday I mentioned Philadelphia worked that home run angle. And when you look at the pitchers and their ratios, home run ratios, Nola has a .165 home runs to innings pitched ratio. That's horrible for these playoff teams, and especially guys pitching, you know, first, second, or third in the playoffs postseason. And Peralta's up there too, 156 home runs to innings pitched ratio, while Zach Gallen comes in at a .104, which is, other than Gray, I mean, that's tied for second best with Wheeler yesterday, that home runs uh, per nine innings pitched ratio. So, uh, you know, Diamondbacks and Brewers, they were almost even. Diamondbacks had 166 long balls, Brewers 165. So there's not an advantage there. The reason I played first five was basically Gallon over Peralta. Wow. And so, again, Major League Playoffs, Major League Baseball Playoffs combining the home runs with pitchers who have a low home run rate. The number, it's an overwhelming number. Can you give me the, the stat again? It's 130 and 23. That's just, and it was provided by the network yesterday during one of the games. And that's just teams that hit more home runs in that game against their opponent, 130 and 23 going back to uh, 2018. And, uh, I mean, it's rare that you get a juicy stat like that by the networks. And, again, we kind of knew it. We didn't have the exact numbers, uh, but we had already started last year looking at this and then looking and matching up pitchers who have, if they're on the same team as the home run leading team, if they have a better home run ratio. And uh, again, 2-0 yesterday. We'll see what it happens today. The, the big one was, the big difference was the Twins today uh, would fit that scenario. But again, in both instances, I only played the first five innings, the D-backs and the Twins. I didn't go full game. You saw a lot of pitchers yesterday in that Twins game. Yep, and Scott mentioned first five with the Snakes coming up. And it looks like, is Sonny Gray going to get out of trouble here, boys? He, he I know did. he's got two... He did get out of Springer, trouble. Springer flies out to right field, and, I mean, you talk about absolutely an atom ball. I think he took one step back. <laughs> there was runners on second and third. I know he had a 2-2 count with two out, and he did get out. So Sonny Gray, 
I look at the big guy breathing <laughs> easy. I, I see you well, sweating. I, I know, well, look, I get really frustrated with baseball because in my brain, I feel, and Scott, you're a baseball guy, so you probably relate to this. I think I know more about baseball, but that doesn't mean I win more bets in baseball, and it really frustrates the heck out of me. Like, I thought we had a good angle to go against Evaldi, who I didn't think was healthy, and he just mowed Tampa Bay down. On this side, I like Sonny Gray. I think he's better, and I I think Barrios is kind of a soft guy and kind of a, an example of what's wrong with Toronto as a whole. Like, a lot of guys, you just don't have that killer instinct. So I, I'm don't hoping Gray the, comes through. Don't you think the Toronto batting coach is out after this year? I mean, this team, yeah. going into this season, I don't know if I did a show before the season began with you guys. I think we did a couple. And I was talking about how I really thought the home runs would pick up for Toronto this year, especially bringing the fences in a little bit on their home field. And it ends up being the other way around. I mean, again, they're 45, 47 home runs less than their opponent in this series, the Minnesota Twins. And you got some good heavy hitters that just didn't get it done this year. Yeah, this is a the, team that needs to get better hitting the baseball. And Scott's absolutely right. Yeah, and Vlad, Vlad Guerrero is on my diet plan. He just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the longest inning streak without a run in Major League Baseball postseason history, 33, the Rays coming into 22-23. So coming into the bottom of the seventh, they had gone 33 straight innings without scoring a run. They just plated one in the bottom of the seventh. 34 is the record, 66 through 74 with the Angels. So, again, 33 straight innings until just plating a run for the Rays in the bottom of the seventh where they hadn't scored a run. That's not great. It's not great if you're looking at it. Um, okay, and you mentioned, Scott, this is – I don't know where you put baseball as far as your favorite sports, but it's right up there. I know it's a sport year in, year out you get into as far as handicapping as well. This is my favorite sport as a fan to watch. I love – there's nothing better to me than to go in a major league, major league baseball game with a couple of guys and sitting there and having a couple of the cold ones and telling stories and, and watching the game. So, for me, it's my favorite thing to attend. Uh, I'm not a big NFL in-person guy. I like it better on TV. NHL's great in person, but again, Major League Baseball where I can kick back. I love that with a couple of friends and a couple of cold ones. That's that's my favorite sport to watch. Handicapping-wise, baseball's the most interesting, but for me, the NFL's probably the most lucrative, NFL and NBA. I'll tell you well, what, baseball's my favorite sport to bet on. You know why? Because when you're on offense, it's the only sport where nothing bad can happen. <laughs> you could have the ball at the one-yard line. You might be looking at someone going 99 the other way. The reason it's such a good postseason sport, one it's it's simple. No clock. Yeah. It's the one sport without a clock. So the postseason just goes well into the night. It's, it's Postseason baseball is amazing. When we return, Scott does have some NFL plays, and we'll get to college football next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.